Hello, everyone, and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kim Yajeka. Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, First and foremost, I owe all y'all an apology. I am so sorry for the super long production hiatus that this podcast has taken. I have no explanation other than, you know, in previous seasons, I talk about how I'm trying to avoid the content creation fatigue, but it really did catch up to me. And I really was just kind of burnt out from content creating. Not that it wasn't fun or that I didn't enjoy it, but it does require a lot of energy. publishing episodes, putting together the social media, all of that kind of stuff was just really tiring by the time I last put out an episode. So um, when I took a break, I thought it was only going to be for a couple of weeks, but those couple of weeks turned into four months. I'm so sorry. Even when I posted, you know, the teaser in September that, you know, season four was coming, I imagined that we would already be in full swing surely by now, but you know, we are here. Um, I have no other explanation other than, you know, just production burnout and I do apologize but thank you so much to everyone who continued engaging with the content plugging the podcast listening to episodes like with even without consistent production the platform continued to grow and have a steady listenership so I'm really 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 appreciative of that you have no no idea Um, But I do apologize, you know, I have no excuse, but we have to give up hope for a better past and keep it moving. So here we are. Welcome to season four of In This Economy. Welcome back. We are in it. Yes. And this season, as always, I'm looking forward to sharing the conversations I've had with some really, really amazing people so far. Of course, we content create on a rolling basis over here. So if you would like to be a guest or have a suggestion for someone you'd love to hear on the platform who could contribute something valuable to the world and what we're saying and all of that good stuff, please let me know. Hit me up on social media. The DMs are always open at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and follow me, your host, at Kim Yajeka on Twitter. It's been a couple of months since I've said that sentence, but it kind of just rolled off the tongue. I really like that. It just like, it came so natural. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so we're in season four. And as always, we have a theme. And the theme for season four is the economics of blank. The economics of dot, dot, dot. So every episode, we're going to be discussing a little bit more of the technical economics of our everyday lives. So we're going to discuss the economics of dating, the economics of job hunting, entrepreneurship, content creating, parenting, divorce, all of that kind of stuff. And I am so, so keen for you to listen to what we have so far. Still in the process of recording this season, and we're going to go back to our regular publication and production schedule soon. Um, I know this episode is coming out at the beginning of the week, um, but Thursday will continue to be our publication day. So Listen, um, life willing, the first official episode, non-solo episode with some guests will be out on Thursday. I'm doing my best to be as disciplined with this as possible and to be consistent because, um, you know, the support is, I think it just really comes from showing that I value, you know, wherever you put this podcast in your schedule, I value it. So thank you. 
Um, and yeah, so for this solo episode, we are discussing the economics of gray areas. Very flouncy, unclear, philosophical topic. But um, let me explain firstly where it's coming from before we get into the episode. So I, as a person, if you know me or have listened to this platform when I talk to people, I hate gray areas. I hate wishwash. I hate uncertainty. Uncertainty makes me very uncomfortable. I'm not a perfect person. I can be flaky. I can be wishwashy, but I absolutely hate when I am that way. Um, it makes me very anxious and I overall just feel like the worst person in the world when I'm wishwashy. So I've been trying to be personally the kind of defined person I want to be, if that makes sense. Like just not wishy-washy about things um, because I hate it. I always talk about how I'm not made for, you know, the modern dating life. I'm not made for the streets because I cannot take limbo. I cannot take uncertainty. I hate talking stages, situationships even worse. Like nothing bores me more than uncertainty about everything, whether it's work, romance, people, making plans, all of that. I, I enjoy having a certain level of certainty, you know, um, I used to be embarrassed about that, you know, because it sort of made me seem like an ultra serious person. But overall, it just makes me so anxious, right? So I don't like gray areas. Gray areas make me very uncomfortable. But in a therapy session I had recently, um, my psychiatrist and I were discussing, you know, life and um, the way I was feeling about a lot of things that were going on. And I she pointed out to me that I have a very black and white view of my current life situation. Like I've compartmentalized to thing, I've compartmentalized things that are holistically bad and things that are holistically good. And there's no room for anything in between. I really struggle to acknowledge the existence of both good and bad in any situation. And that's not a practical way to live, you know? And it really got me thinking, like, even with this podcast, when I started it, I was very gung-ho, disciplined, and consistent because I was like, no, there's no if, ands, or buts. Uh, an episode is coming out on Thursday, worst case, on Friday during the week um, because I felt like being inconsistent would be a reflection on my character and that would holistically make me a bad person. Right. So it wasn't really about the platform per se, but more about my own self-esteem issues because wishy-washy to me, uncertainty to me is a holistically bad thing. Right. But I've sort of been challenged to acknowledge the good and the bad in a situation and appreciate that not everything's black and white. There is a lot of gray areas in life, you know, um, I don't like, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. But one of the biggest gray areas that um, I've, re that's really been like on my shoulders and weighing on me is this global recession. Like guys, I am 28 years old. And in my lifetime, I think I've seen five economic crises and I'm 28. You know, I'm a millennial. Millennials, we've seen the most. Whether it's a local one here in Zimbabwe or a global recession, I've seen a lot of economic turmoil in my lifetime. And where, like, 
something global, like what's happening now happened in 2008. I was like 14 turning 15 at the time. So I was a dependent, you know, I saw things were bad, but I wasn't losing sleep at night because, you know, my parents were taking care of everything. But now I'm a whole adult and I have a future to think about. And I want to live a full and fulfilling and happy and whatever it is life, like the life I've always imagined. And there's so many factors that are out of my control getting in the way of that. And the fact that we may or may not be in a recession was really bothering me. Like, what is going on? How should I plan? Should I invest my money or should I spend my money? Should I be, is it right now a good time to be actively trying to migrate to another country or should I stay put? You know, also, how is the global recession now going to impact my country and specifically me in the job I have, in the sector I'm in, in the sectors I want to go into? What is going on? What is the reason? You know, what, what's happening? So over the last couple of months, I've been doing a lot of research on what a recession is and how it'll impact us as individuals and how best we can like prepare for it, right? Because again, I don't like wishwash. I acknowledge that I cannot control the economy, but I would like to be able to kind of see where things are heading, where things are going. Um, And just on a side note, from like a Christian perspective, you know, things are feeling very end timesy. And a lot of, you know, Christian content creators and people that I listen to are talking about like, these are the last days. And I personally, you know, looking forward to everything I believe in, don't get it twisted. But I'd also be kind of sad if the world ended and this is where my life ended. Do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't get to have kids or, you know, feel feel like I fulfilled some kind of purpose or, you know, my place in the world eventually made sense. If that makes sense, I don't know if anyone else feels that way. Call me out on it if you're a Christian. It's the wrong way to look at things. But I honestly would be upset, especially, and I'm going to say it for all my single, single people, like imagine the world ends and you didn't get to experience like that, you know, companionship, like... I would be very upset. Well, if I'm in a state where I can be upset, I think so. You know what I mean? Uh, But that's just a side note. Anyway, um, I'll pray about that tonight. Uh, (laughs) All right, but back to the recession, back to the recession. Um, So I've been trying to figure out what is going on, what does the future look like, and how best would it be, how best should we prepare for this? And let's talk about what a recession is first before I give you my answer. So a recession, also a small disclaimer, I consider myself a moonlighting economist, all right? I am a baby economist. I only have a diploma in economic studies, like the studying I did wasn't fully, you know, a degree. So I may, you know, have not the most in-depth understanding of things, or I may explain something completely wrong. Um, but I've studied a little bit of economics. I read, I really enjoy reading and watching documentaries and things about, you know, behavioral economics and all of these analyses and stuff like that. Like the nerd in me just really, really enjoys that. And of course, you know, I specialize in economic law and policy, like professionally. So I consider myself a moonlighting economist, like I said earlier, but if there's something I haven't explained, you know, 100% or fully correctly, or you have more in-depth in, in insights to, you know, share, please do reach out to us on, do reach out to me on the socials. Let me know. Call me out. Make a stitch. I don't know. But yeah, if I explain something wrong, 
please do not be afraid to correct me. And I will, I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. This is from a very basic sort of early intermediate, you know, understanding of some very complex concepts that exist in this capitalist world. So let's get to it. Um, are we in a recession? A recession is defined as a significant decline in economic activity spread across the economy. It lasts more than a few months and is normally visible in considering levels of production, employment, real income, and other indicators. What's interesting is that, you know, there are a lot of social indicators that a recession is happening. And I was seeing on Twitter, um, people are saying that we're in a recession because, uh, you know, the financiers, the Wall Street people, the people with money are not going to strip clubs. Um, because they do not have the expendable income to be able to go to strip clubs. And I found that a very interesting indicator. I highly recommend watching the movie Hustlers uh, with Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu. Um, it's a really good movie, but it just basically describes what happened in 2008 to that specific industry and how the strip clubs, that sort of part of the economy was deeply, deeply affected by the economic crisis and the correlation between, you know, a booming capitalist economy and the hustle and hustling, being able to hustle. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a good movie, but it really illustrated that um, those two sort of concepts and how they tied together and juxtaposes them really well. So that's an interesting indicator. Other indicators you see are in the tourism industry, if people aren't going on as many luxurious holidays anymore, if people are not buying more luxurious things. I heard the biggest, I also saw on social media and confirmed this, this is true, the biggest consumer of glitter are the yacht, the people who make luxury yachts, um, fishing boats and all of that because the glitter attracts fish and it looks good when it's painted and whatnot, right? Um, and the glitter industry is suffering because people are not producing as many yachts. So there's just that industry is not having a great time, which is wild. But all of these things, like the way they're all interwoven and connects is interesting. But also these connections become really apparent when things are not well. So a recession occurs when there's a period of reduced output in production and a significant increase in the unemployment rate. Um, and the unemployment rate will reflect that, you know, if a number of businesses are closing down and more people are unemployed, um, that's usually the most reliable indicator of whether or not there's a recession is looking at unemployment rates, um, because that tends to have a domino effect into other negative developments in an economy. Having defined what a recession is, the question is, are we in a recession? Well, globally, we have spent two consecutive quarters of negative gross domestic product. So that means there have been two consecutive quarters of not a lot of produ production and too much consumption. Things are not balanced. Therefore, technically, we are in a recession. Technically, right? So that clears up that gray area. Things are not well economically. Of course, with COVID-19 and the war in Ukraine, these have been extraordinary shocks to economies around the world. And that's led to decreased levels of productivity, more businesses shutting down, higher unemployment rates. So we are technically, by definition, in a recession. 
unfortunately. But um, from the podcasts and articles and the different analyses, you know, if you watch the news, the different analyses that have come up, they're saying, although we are in a recession, globally, it may not be, the impact may not be as terrible as it was in 2008 globally, which is interesting. So they're saying it's going to be a recession, but it's not going to be that bad or as bad as that time. I mean, if you're Zimbabwean, of course, it's just for my Zimbabwean listeners, it's terrible. It's bad. Things are terrible. It's only going to get worse unless, you know, the right thing happens or something changes, right? Um, So we are down bad regardless of what happens globally we are down bad with things as they are and i the the best way to just explain why to clear up that confusion is because we have a very expensive government that consumes a lot and that is at the sacrifice of production if there's not enough electricity there's not enough water we cannot produce cannot produce we cannot export if we cannot export no valuable currency will come in that valuable currency cannot be converted into domestic currency full stop things are just down bad until people stop eating more than what they kill that's the only way we're going to get out of the situation but globally it may not the shock may not be as felt as much as it did in 2008 And the difference really is because following 2008, um, the banking sector and financial services sector the world over really changed. You know, um, after 2008, what we now know as the G20 came together and made up some codes and principles for banks and financial institutions to put in place on a country level to ensure that there was better transparency in the financial services sector. Because what basically caused the terrible crash of 2008 was there was no transparency. You know, in America specifically, people were getting loans and mortgages. And what we now know as know your customer policies were not there in place. I could take a loan that I know I'm not able to pay out, but the fact that I get the money, buy the house, live in the house is fine because they're not going to do much by way of background checks, right? So whether or not I can pay back the loan is inconsequential. The bank was just giving me the loan anyway. So because of that, and then me, eventually people like me who were just taking out these loans, not being able to pay them back, the real estate bubble burst. And that's to put things so, so, so simply. People were borrowing money that they had no intention of paying back. And people were putting money on into the banks on the basis that the loans were going to be repaid. So money was going out, but no money was coming in, and so on and so forth. Capitalism just does its thing. And economic crises ebb and flow due to various factors. That's how capitalism kind of works, right? It appreciates that a bad economic situation can and will happen, and there's nothing you can do about it. What makes it difficult is that these things tend to disproportionately impact um, disenfranchised groups, poor people, and developing countries in terrible ways. So, what can you do? Just also to revert 
a side note, when I say the know your customer principles, if you've ever been an international student, right, and you want to get money from another country into the country where you're studying, you know that process by which you have to give like your name, your passport, your birth certificate, your grandmother's birth certificate, your great grandmother's birth certificate, and proof of where the funds are coming and the serial number of each and every note that's coming into your account. You know that whole process? That wasn't there prior to 2008, which is why people were able to get away with wild, wild things because there was no way to trace them back. Imagine taking out a $100,000 loan and not paying it back, not servicing that loan. And then when it comes time to be like, hey, we want to collect the debt, we can't find you or the loan is in your dog's name or whatever it is. Like that, that all of that changed after 2008. There are no banking secrecy laws in Switzerland anymore. The tax havens have all come under scrutiny over the last 10 years. Tax havens like the Panama Islands, Mauritius, all of those have come under a lot of scrutiny in the last decade. So things are just not in that situation anymore, which is quite possibly the reason why this recession may not be as bad, but we may feel it. But to go back to the question, what do we do? All right, so the gray area has been sorted out, has been defined. We're in a recession. I'm in Zimbabwe. I'm in a developing country. I am African. I am an immigrant. I don't have a big savings. I'm just starting out my career. I'm in an entry-level position. I'm in a middle management position. What do I do? And the best advice I can give you is you just live your life. (laughs) Don't do anything. There is no way to cushion the blow of a system that's already been set up against you. Let's put it like that. It might be a situation where The recession happens and rich people will make a lot of money and poor people will feel the brunt of it. Yes. There's no way to fully avoid the negative impacts of what may happen in the next two or three years. People might tell you, invest in this, start a business, do this, do that. But at the end of the day, excuse me, we kind of just have to ride the wave, which is what I don't like. Because riding the wave means accepting that I may be in a disadvantageous position and I may not reach purpose or potential, whatever it is, because of a system that's out of my control and there was nothing I could do to change that system, right? And that's a gray area, the economics of a gray area that keeps me up at night. I lose sleep over it because, yo, guys, you know, I want financial freedom, you know, in this capitalist system. It's a weird thing because my views, belief systems, and how our economy should be running are definitely more on a socialist end, where I believe we must tax the rich. I do not believe that billionaires should exist. I, that's just me. But at the same time, I also want nice stuff, you know. Having a decent amount of money would be nice. If everyone could, that would be lovely. But that's not the case. And I don't know how much longer, for example, I can live at home. I don't know how much longer I can take living in Zim. Well, actually, I, I can't. I've been trying to leave for a long time, but, you know, life is not, things are not sticking. The pressure is getting huesa, you know? Um, but yeah, that worries me. I don't like that gray area. 
I know a recession is holistically a bad thing, but there is some good that could come out of it. There's some people who are able to maneuver and find an advantageous situation or make the most, make lemons out of the lemonade of a recession. And that might be the best way to go about it, but I don't like that. And I wish, you know, with all I tried to learn and figure out about this, that there was more of a definitive answer. Like I would tell you, oh, you need to start selling, you know, basic commodities or doing this or doing that, that this will help you weather the storm. But it's just out of our control. You know, they are the powers that be <laughs> that um, we don't have a say in, in, in how this thing is going to go. And the economy will sort of rejuvenate itself. But the recommendations I have been given by the adults around me who've experienced even more, you know, economic shocks are these. Um, shout out to my dad, especially. Um, you have to keep moving, you know, keep upskilling. We just live in a world where having one degree or one qualification is not nearly enough. So to stay competitive in whatever job market, you need to keep upskilling, get whatever qualifications you can get. Um, you just need to continue, if you have a job, continue working hard, continue seeking opportunities. If you are trying to leave, now is not a time to give up. It may not seem great, you know, and your prospects may not seem as immediate, but you just have to make your plan, make it adaptable, and keep on going. And my advice would also just be, if you're in a position to help someone out, do that you know if someone needs financial assistance emotional help emotional assistance whatever it is just be there we need to be there for each other i think now more so than ever because as a middle or older millennial i'm scared <laughs> i'm really scared about what the future looks like for us i'm i am and more than financial security um, I really just want to be okay. I want the people around me, the people I love, my family, my friends, everyone to be okay. And while misery loves company, and I love knowing that we're all, you know, in this together, and to a certain extent, we're all kind of struggling. I wish it were different, but I just want to put out there that, you know, if anyone, you know, would like to talk and commiserate and, uh, this is what this platform is for, you know, um, to let you know that you're not alone, that we are all figuring this out together, that, you know, success doesn't manifest in things, but it's okay to want things. Um, and also just figure out how other people are doing it. So let's keep going. It's, it's a gray area. It's an uncomfortable gray area. It is both political and social, and there are numbers to it, but there are emotions to it. There is a lot of bad in the world right now, and things are not pointing in a positive direction. But I guess I just challenge you to try to see the good that is also existing in your life right now. Um, appreciate, and if you are in a position to just lean into generosity, if you are in a position to, to lean into 
you know, generosity, help somebody, you know, whether it's financial, like actual money. Shout out to the PayPal for this podcast. Um, whether it's financial <laughs> or emotional, whatever, the best thing we can do is brace for impact. And just like in a plane, you know, you have to put the mask on yourself before you help other people. All of those analogies and everything is cool. Um, but yeah, I guess embrace the uncertainty. It could be an exciting time. According to TikTok, uncertainty can be an exciting time. But obviously, we'll keep you posted this season. We'll keep my finger on the pulse of all the news and economic analyses. And also just share links to stuff that is interesting and educational. Um, just to plug a couple of, you know, the resources I love that explain things, these concept topics so simply. There's the Money Explained series on Netflix, like the Money Explained. Um, I recommend the Money Talks podcast hosted by The Economist. They have episodes that come out every week. I also recommend watching the docu-series, The Ascent of Money. It's on YouTube. And it just basically explains how the concept of money as we know it today has evolved from, say, the late 1800s when we moved away from a barter system to having money represent productivity. It's such a good series, I think. If you're interested in this kind of thing, you should watch it. Um, if you want to understand more about the 2008 crises and you don't want to read all the books, um, Freakonomics, number one, is a good book, but The Big Short is a lovely movie um, that explains things pretty well. Um, Hustlers, the one I mentioned earlier, is also pretty good. Um, and yeah, that, those are some of the resources. And of course, there are papers, articles, all of those kinds of things. If you'd like me to share them on the socials, I definitely will. I think I'll just do it anyway. I definitely will. So you can get a grasp on what's happening to understand this sort of gray area we're in, like financially, globally and everything. And I guess just figure out your next steps, you know? Um, so yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. It's so great to be back behind the microphone and I'm happy and so excited about where this platform is going. Um, we will be transitioning into some video content to complement the audio channel. Um, so yes, a whole YouTube will be starting soon. I can't believe I'm saying that. A whole YouTube will be starting soon. And that's really because of all the opportunities that, you know, your listenership and support and very generous donations to the PayPal have gotten us to this point where the platform will continue to grow. I'm just so excited to share with you and engage with you on that level. Just so you know, the video content will not be the podcast episode. It'll be complimentary. You might be reacting or unpacking some topics, you know, that we discuss here more in depth with other guests, with me, with, I don't know. It's just going to be great. I'm still, I'm completely still a one person team. Everything I'm doing is 100% self-taught, but literally by the end of the season things will be up things will be moving so thank you so much and i guess technically it's the one year anniversary of this in this economy podcast which is quite exciting i did start publishing episodes i think it was the 26th of october of 2021 and your life is so different when i think of where things were where i was last year and where things are now I wouldn't have imagined it, but a big thing is I just did not imagine how this platform would evolve, having this much support, 
having a listenership, engagement, all of that kind of stuff. I'm just so appreciative. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please do not forget to follow us on the socials. I'd love to hear your thoughts, your engagement, your commentary, all of that kind of stuff on at In This Economy podcast on Instagram and follow me, your host, at Kimya Jekka on Twitter. And as always, let's keep the conversation going. And I will check you all for the first official episode of season four in the coming weeks. So yeah, take care.